This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Okay, three, two, one, and welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am your humble host, John Allen. Real quick before I get started with this conversation, I want to tell you all to please subscribe at your podcast platform of choice. If you're watching this on YouTube, that's great. That's where I want you to be. Watch this on YouTube. Subscribe. And if you're a first-time viewer, ring that bell icon. Okay, here we go. What's up, Dwayne? Hey, how you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well, man. I've got my day started. I'm ready to go. Yes, yes. I, 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 I see that. Uh from your Facebook post, you went hiking this morning and, uh, yeah. and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wake up at roughly six o'clock every morning. I was up at about six Oh four this morning and, um, Snoopy was off work last night. So she was there too. And, and I'm like, okay. Hey, let's, let's, let's do this. And, yeah. and very often when she is home in the mornings, cause she works night shift when she is home in the mornings, we do go out and take a walk, but that's something that I haven't been able to do for almost two years now. Oh wow! Yeah. Cause I've had all these operations on my shoulder and I, I mean, I've really been almost flat, literally flat on my back for uh, about the last year because of my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then I had a neck operation too. So it's been rough. So now that I'm back up on my feet, it's a slow climb. Um, okay. Yeah. But, but I am getting out there and doing those walks and it's beautiful. You know, I don't like living in, in the city. I'm here in Drummond. I don't like living in the city, but what is nice about it is just, you know, right a couple of blocks up the road, all of the, the mountain trails start mm -hmm. up in the hills and mountains up above the city. So that's where we go as often as we can. Yeah. We, I would say we're pretty much avid hikers. We haven't really been the wife of myself. We haven't really been of late because <clears throat> she has a little bit of uh, some problems with her knees. Uh. There's some talk about possible surgery, but we've been doing some things. And of course, where we live at, we're in a garden, which is in Vestlandet, And uh, it's in a little bit outside of Bergen. So about a 45 minute drive from Bergen to us. Yeah. Um, so beautiful area of the country, by the way. Yes, yes, yes. And as most people say, wait a minute, you went from New York City to Agarden. Yeah. You literally went from <laughs> the city to <laughs> to the boonies. Well, we have our place up in Finnmark, which is even more isolated. I mean, it's literally yeah. on an island out in the middle of the ocean. Wow. And uh, people say all the time, well, you went from you went from Chicago to that. But yeah, I have to yeah, correct them because I didn't technically come. I'm born and raised in Ohio, out in the country okay. in Ohio. So yeah. it really wasn't that big of a switch up for me. Right, right. It was a bigger thing to move from Ohio to Chicago than it was for me to move from Chicago to Norway. Yeah. Right. I actually have uh, two buddies of mine, both um, military, both from living in Ohio. Uh, one lives in North Canton, which is North Canton. He's literally like, we always talk about like the hall of fame and everything. Yeah. 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 He's like, dude, every, every time somebody comes to visit me, it's like, they want to go there, but for me, it's just like an it's, everyday thing. Yeah, he's like yeah. It's about a fifteen-minute drive from the uh, hall. Well, North Canton is just right down the road from where I grew up. Yeah, little okay. place, little place yeah. called Norton. It's just okay. right down the road. Maybe I don't know t what twenty minutes, maybe down yeah, the I'll ask down the highway. Yeah, speak to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. so so you you are, you came from New York City. How yeah. long how long ago was that? How long have you been here? I've been here since two thousand and twelve. Okay. Uh, I came summer of 2012. We actually got married that year. Um, so 
yeah, I'm, <laughs> I guess you could say somewhat of a new agent. I have dual citizenship as. Do you have dual? Okay. Most of, yeah. most of the Americans that have been here quite some time. So uh, I'm, you know, half new agent, half American <laughs> or, or vice versa, if you will. <laughs> but what did that do? What did that do to, in your mind when it comes to your identity to actually get Norwegian citizenship? Uh, you, you know what's so funny? I, it, for me, it wasn't really like a big thing. It was more of pomp and circumstance. But I thought in my head, all of the people who come to the U.S. as immigrants and actually get naturalized citizenship. Yeah. And, and you see the difference. It, it wasn't that big of a deal. I think they're actually making it more of, of a thing now where you kind of, like with us, you you know, in the States, you have to know certain things about the Constitution, right. you have to know certain yeah. laws, and that's kind of part of the whole naturalization process. Whereas here, it was just kind of like, okay, you paid the paperwork, you did, you paid for the paperwork, yeah. you did all your stuff, and yeah. um, hey, we're going to have a ceremony if you want to join. So at that time, my granddaughter, yes, I'm a young grandpa, <laughs> ah. um, she was visiting. So my wife, myself, and her, we went, and a friend of her nephews he was getting naturalized um so he's a uh, half thai if i'm not mistaken yeah so it was pretty good but this was a couple years back but uh i don't think it was really that same effect that i think most of i see with the immigrants from coming to the u.s have where it's like a big deal right right no they seem to it, it's kind of weird here in norway they seem to downplay it at the same time <laughs> as they're very quick at the same time as they're very quick to 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 throw it in people's faces that you're not whole you're not a you're not you're not totally norwegian they keep, no. you get that constant reminder you're yeah. an immigrant here you're not really one of us you're here only by our good graces right well yeah i i do kind have of you experienced that, that do you see that somewhat but i think what happens with most people let's say for instance uh i go somewhere and you're on the list to come to a building, for example, for work, mm -hmm. and then say, uh, for instance, the military base, you have to have Norwegian citizenship yeah. to get on the base. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, like the company I work for, uh, I, I don't know if it's uh, legal to mention it, but I want sure. but they do office furniture installation. Um, it's a major company. You've probably seen them quite uh, around the area, especially in Oslo. Ikea. So getting on the installation, <laughs> you have to have Norwegian citizenship. Yeah. So a lot of times when I come up, you'll see the lady looking at the driver's license mm. or the passport and it's yeah. like, you know, you get that up down <laughs> yeah. kind of thing like, okay, yeah. the, it's an American or an English name, but he has Norwegian citizenship. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Do they, do they, uh, do they mention, do they pronounce your name properly? For the most part. Do and, they? And what okay. happens is I'll start the conversation off as most people, we want to, you know, kind of impress people with our Norwegian and then uh, most of these people working on posts, as far as the military members, they're our version of ourselves when we were 2021. 20, yes. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. But then it's, so they automatically start speaking English and it's like, okay. <laughs> I get, I get yeah. that a lot. I, um, as I, as I've been podcasting more and, uh, um, of course my podcast is only in, is, is in English only. I'm speaking more English than I used to before I started podcasting yeah. because before that I, I, sp I still speak only English at home with my family, with my wife and our two kids, right. only English, oh, okay. but outside, you know, for, for business, um, uh, music, you know, whatever, 
all of that stuff was being done in Norwegian. But now there's less of that because of Corona. So I'm speaking less Norwegian and more English. And I really felt it. um, What was that? A couple of weeks ago after the Derek Chauvin uh, verdict. And I was on, I was on NRK and and TV too. And I mean, I guess it went okay, but I could tell that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of searching for my words right. in a way that I hadn't done because I am speaking less Norwegian now than before. Yeah, I do find that. But uh, um, with the company that I work for, there are a lot of younger guys working there. Of course, we have the 30 to 40 somethings and 50 somethings, yeah. but the crux of the workers are very much like our military or any yeah. country's military. Yeah. It's the 20 somethings, if yeah. you will. So those individuals or those guys are a little bit more apt to speak English. So I'll start again, starting off the conversation. Start off in Norwegian. At the end of the day, uh, it's like ending up in English. And then especially with the kind of trades work, you have different people working in a lot of buildings at the same time. And you'll get the other trades kind of looking over like, uh, okay, what's going on here? Yeah, speaking English, yeah. Norwegian, what's, you know. <laughs> so has your experience here in Norway been for the most part a good one? I'd say it's like. <laughs> deep breath, deep breath. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it, it's it's like, uh, there's been good and bad, mostly good. Yeah. Yeah. But there's some, there's been some bad, but I, I think what I get mostly is uh, what I like to refer to as the matrix anomaly. Okay, explain. <laughs> and what I mean to that is that like. I've, I haven't seen the matrix yet. I still, oh, I still, I, I think I'm, serious? I am the only human alive that has not seen a single matrix movie. I haven't. Wow. I just have it. Okay. It's on my list. Well, it's on my list, but I haven't seen oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what what I find is with being a black American or an African American living in a country like Norway, you are for the most part an anomaly because for the m- most of Norwegians interaction with people of color, especially black people are immigrants, our Eritreans, our Somalians, our, very few from Congo and other regions of Africa right. and so forth. So when they hear you speaking, it's almost like a, yeah, <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> so it's like, Oh, you know, <laughs> so I find that I, I get that more. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. So I get the, I get the, uh, what I call the Facebook meme. So where are you really from? Oh, I, <laughs> I I've literally gotten that phrase thrown at me several times. Uh, yeah. where, where are you from? Oh, I'm from, from the United States. Uh, yeah. But before that, yeah. And it's, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> <laughs> a funny story about that. My wife and I were at a wedding many years ago of a Norwegian language classmate of mine. Uh, she is from uh, Bosnia Herzegovina. The husband obviously is Norwegian. Mm-hmm. And we, my wife and I went to the wedding. So I knew a lot of people from their side of the family and yeah. other people like that. And then, of course, Agon is a very small community. So everybody kind of knows everybody. So... I guess one of his friends were very kind of like curious, like who's this guy I've been walking around like uh, Obama greeting everybody and <laughs> yeah. saying hello, and, yeah. you know. And so he comes up to me, he's like, "Hi, my name is Ronnie. Uh, what's your name?" I was like, "Hi, I'm I'm, I'm Dwayne. Where are you from?" Of course, we were having this conversation in Norwegian, and then he goes, "I said, well, I'm from." As a typical New Yorker, we always start the conversation off with, "Oh, I'm from New York." Yeah, you know, well. You know, okay, well, so where are you from originally? And then I said to him in Norwegian, do you want the long story or the short story? <laughs> and then he's like, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, <clears throat> the short story is born and raised in New York. My parents are from St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. 
the long story is about 500 years ago, before I could even finish the conversation, he knew where I was going with it. And he just said, right. you are so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I broke the ice, but it was like a funny sure. interaction. Yeah. yeah. No, I, um, I have no problem with, with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when people question and, and they want, you know, they want the backstory and everything, but I've had people tell me, pretty much insist that I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not from the United States. I must, I, for whatever reason, I'm hiding from them where I'm really from. And it's like, come on now. No, I've, I've even had, I've, had even, I've even had Africans. I had a Somali guy. Uh-huh. I did a, <laughs> I did a stand up show in Oslo. This is maybe, yeah, almost 18 months ago before, before Corona hit anyway. <laughs> and I'm talking to this Somali guy who was out in the crowd. I'm talking to him afterwards. And he says, uh, Asked me where I'm from, and I said United States. He says, "Oh well, when did you immigrate to to America?" I said, "I I, I never I never immigrated." Oh, well, your parents <laughs> must have. Right. I'm like, right. no, 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 they didn't. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people have trouble getting their heads around that whole that whole. I mean, for us, it's I mean, it's our life. Of but course. for some people, <laughs> they they have a little trouble getting their heads around it. I have no problem with the curiosity. I like that kind of a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think with my African immigrant compart, com, com you know, uh, counterparts, yeah. what I f- find the most is that there's this kind of like, oh, cool, he's one of us, and yeah. he's from the U.S. But then it's like there's a little bit of like a a, a wall, and I think as some my wife says that the the problem is is you being even though you're African American, even though your parents are from the Caribbean. Um, for them, you're kind of <clears throat> American Westernized culture. Right. And then on top of that, right. my wife is a school teacher. She's a junior high school teacher in the local high school, okay. junior high school. So for them, she kind of represents the establishment. <laughs> I'm doing the air quotes if you didn't see that. I saw so it. Yeah. <laughs> there is there is some sometimes with a lot of my counterparts, there's that like kind of standoffishness. And I've, I've gotten that too. Where they're from. Anybody that's part of the establishment is kind of like Gestapo and kind of yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm like, I'm just me, and you have nothing to do with my interaction with them. Right, right. But there is, there is somewhat of a standoffishness I, I find every now and again. I caught some heat from a bunch of Somalis when I when I came here, um, and I started a Norwegian course, but that only lasted for two days because oh, wow. because in the class there was f- four or five maybe six somali men okay who <clears throat> you know you, the first day in the class and the teacher has everyone introduce themselves and, and and say where they're from and what brought them to norway so these guys are like yeah somalia you know refugee war this that and the other and I guess I was pretty naive because I told my whole story. Yeah, uh, United States police officer, U.S. Marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially the background with Somalia. And exactly, in our military. military. Yeah, and all yeah. of them just. And I'm like, okay, this is this isn't gonna work. Yeah, yeah. So they gave me the cold shoulder that whole day. I went back the next day and stuck it out for maybe the first half of the class, and I just walked out. I said, this this isn't gonna work. These guys yeah. are too hostile. It's just, it's oh. just not going to work. So that was, uh, but, th- but that's not typical. Uh, for the most part, uh, any African brothers and sisters that I run into here are quite, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a friendly, you know, the start of a new friendship type of thing, the sharing of 
ideas and the sharing of experiences and all of that stuff. But, but yeah, every once in a while I get that, that impression. I I had a guy from Senegal, uh, (laughs) this place I was working, I'm not going to say where it was, this place where I was working maybe 15, 16 years ago. And this dude says to me, he says, yeah, you're from the United States, right? I said, yeah. He says, but do you know where your people come from? And I knew what he was getting at. Right. Of course. And I said, I, I'm not in a position, I'm not in a situation to where I would know, you know? Yeah. And he, he started in on me talking about, um, uh, I'm exposing my weakness. I'm exposing my, um, my lack of interest in my roots and this, that, and the other, because I didn't know what part of Africa my bloodline can be traced to. And that's probably the most radical reception I've ever gotten from an African here in Norway. Was that that brother trying to tell me that I was wow. less than because I didn't have any knowledge of where my people were from in Africa? No, I've I've never gotten that. Um, I, I, but I, and, and that's that. the, and again that's a, that's that's one example, and that is the right. worst example. And then those Somali guys. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I'd say nine out of ten of my experiences with Africans here has been nothing but friendly. Yeah, same with myself. Um, I've never gotten that, but that conversation has come up in a barbershop that I used to frequent. And uh, the conversation was about where you're from and so forth. And Wait a minute. They have black barbershops here in Norway? Yes, they do. <laughs> I was actually, funny story. My first, first ever haircut in Norway was at a old school, you know, with the little pole with the red, white, and blue kind yes, of yeah, swir- yeah. swirling pole yeah. thing going around. It was a older gentleman older Norwegian gentleman and you know I just kind of told him a little bit off the side such such this that and the third so he kind of did it and I, you could tell it was like this kind of scared interaction yeah between. yeah my wife was there because we were actually going up to uh Kwamskugan if you're familiar with yes. that area yeah yeah to we were going away for the weekend at her sister's cabin so um typical <laughs> I don't want to say it this way, but typical black American guy, you know, we got to get our haircut before we do anything. Right. It could be something as simple as like, you're just having a, bar- a couple friends over for a barbecue. Like, yeah. I got to run to the barbershop and get a, right. get a haircut before. So I went and got with the haircut. But uh, there are a couple of African-owned barbershops in, I'm, I'm surprised that in Oslo, you're not familiar with that. Well, actually, actually there is one here in, in, in Drum, and I was kind of <laughs> playing a little bit, but but that is yeah. an issue. Um especially for black women. Every yeah. once in a while, some of the black uh, American women that I know that are here in Norway, you'll see they kind of reach out. Does anybody know where I can find this hair care yeah. product? Or does anybody? Yeah, it, it can be an issue depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. But I, I solve that problem. You see, I just, I just say, yeah, I just, well, listen, I, um, <laughs> don't mind the little, you know, fade going on. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a landing going <laughs> So this summer, I think you know the landing will actually become a whole moon surface. A whole moon surface. <laughs> no, I've been I've been shaving my head for yeah, pretty much since I got here, and that was simply okay. simply because of now I got here in two thousand and two, and at that yeah. time there were no black barbers in 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 Drummond. Since then, there have come barbers right. who can do black hair, but at that time there wasn't anything. So I just started cutting it myself, and after a couple of months of that, you know, trying to work a fade in myself is that's yeah, yeah. that's hard to do but i yeah, since then yeah. i've just been shaving it just been shaving yeah, it down yeah i do a pretty good job here and there but i get lazy so it's like I, yeah I think i'm coming to that point where it's just like shave dude, it off let it go 
Yeah, just, just let it go. Yeah. It'd be yeah. less to worry about, and you know. But uh, no, my experience with the kind of our African brother and counterparts has been for the most part good. Yeah. But as I was saying, that conversation came up about where you're from or where your parents' background. Yeah. And we got talking about food. And where my parents are from in St. Thomas of Virgin Islands, it's a very interesting kind of background because they have the Danish, Norwegian yeah. kind of colonization. Yeah. Then the U.S. bought the, Saint, the Virgin Islands. So there are a lot of streets. I was going to say a lot of streets, a lot of buildings are named after. Yeah. Danish names. The, uh, the capital in St. Thomas is actually named after a Danish princess, you know, and uh, there's a statue of a Danish Norwegian admiral in the middle of the capital. So we, my wife and I always have these kind of like, uh, you know, conversations about, yeah. hey, maybe somewhere maybe. down the line. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you know that story. Yeah. So, but uh, food wise, we were talking about a thing called uh, cuckoo. Well, uh, at Caribbean, it's called a fungi. It's like a cornmeal kind of mash, if you will. I had some fungi and, when I was on, I was on St. Croix for a powerlifting competition, the North American oh, powerlifting okay. championships yeah, in yeah. 2016. Yeah. And I had that. For example of St. Croix's, uh, you have the, <clears throat> the capitalist Frederickstad. Frederickstad, yeah. 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 So you, you have those kind of names and people like, okay. And the same thing like, uh, you have, uh, the Grut yes. here in Norway. Yeah. And that's something, when I first got here, my wife was like, oh, I'm going to make uh, this thing we call kvelsmat or evening food. And uh, she's like, oh, it's kind of a rice thing. At this time, I was just visiting. And she goes, it's kind of like a rice porridge. You, you may or may not like it. And I'm thinking like, wait a minute. You're talking about uh, 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 porridge? And she's like, yeah, what do you know about that? I said, Come on, that. That. <laughs> my mom is, is from, from the island. So we, we realized very quickly how a lot of the influences from the kind of yeah. Scandinavian culture is in the, the islands of, of St. Thomas, St. Croix. And I knew about that <laughs> connection. Know. I knew about that connection from the colonization mm-hmm. before I went to St. Croix, but it was, it was interesting to actually get there and to see it. Right. And to talk with the talk with some of the people, some of those islanders have very Norwegian sounding names. Yes, uh, yeah. I met a dude uh, at a, at the hotel, and on his name tag it said Christian, but he pronounced it Christian, just yeah. like they would here in yeah. Scandinavia. And it was like, wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was a great experience. <clears throat> I I didn't get to see too much of the island, but there were a couple of trips. Uh, from the hotel and out into town to some stores and things. And then, of course, yeah. around the hotel. It was actually a resort. And I got to speak to a lot of the islanders. And, man, there's some beautiful people, so friendly. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, it's almost a cliche about how friendly everyone mm-hmm. is in the Caribbean. But, good Lord, there on uh, on um, on St. Croix was just... Uh, yeah, and and I, I, I'll, I, I can't help but remember also how different it was to see so many black people <clears throat> yeah just looking around and it's like we are the majority here and it was it was it was odd it was an odd feeling not and it's not like it's something i'm very preoccupied with here in norway but at that time in 2016 you know i'd been here for 14 years where i'm the only brown face around <laughs> and then to go to saint croix and yeah. it's like well, yeah. okay this this exists you know yeah you, you, I often laugh with my uh, kind of insight and also with the wife when we are visiting family or friends that are 
from also Caribbean background. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Jumping the Broom. No, no, I haven't. Okay. Well, there's a movie called Jumping the Broom with uh, Paula Patton, who was married to, I forgot the gentleman's name she was married to, but he was like a pop star. Anyway, her character is getting married to Laz Alonzo, um, who there, and then it's kind of like the differences in a family. And then there's this one scene with Angela Bassett, who's playing her mom. And then the other lady who's actually the sister, who's indirectly the real mom. And you can see the difference, like Angela Bassett's like this coffee, dark coffee, yeah. you know, brown. And then the other lady's like a lo- latte mocha. And she's like, well, how are you guys? In her head, the one lady who's the assistant is a white lady. She's like, well, how are you guys sisters when she's like a, you know, dark coffee and you're like a latte mocha? And in my head, I'm laughing. Like when I go home or if I'm visiting my relatives that are from the Caribbean, how it's like this kind of shade from yes. this very light to this very dark. Like my dad Same is, thing uh, in my family, yeah. Right, very dark, and my mom is very light. Like, And she's, my mom is like that kind of Lena Horn kind of light. Yeah. So it's like yeah. people kind of scratch their heads, and I often laugh that, like, as black people, we're, we run the gamut from, like, are you white or black? <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to, like, he's yeah. blue-black, blue you know? Black. <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture of um, hanging up on the wall in my living room of my my grandmother, uh, mm-hmm. my mother's sister, and my mother, mm-hmm. and three very distinct shades yeah. from yeah. my mother's chocolate brown to mm-hmm. my grandmother's pretty much white. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's yeah. uh yeah, yeah. and and. and that that puzzles Norwegians. They they look at my kids, for example. I don't want to put too much information out there about my kids, of course, of course. but my um, my daughter is extremely light skinned. I mean, she's as mm-hmm. light skinned as any Norwegian. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's well. I, let me back up a little. I think Norwegians are used to if there's mixed race kids mm-hmm. um, with African blood, they're used to the pure African blood. Which, of course, uh, when that is then mixed with a Norwegian, it's going to bring out different characteristics. Right, right. But me, I call myself watered down. <laughs> I mean, I am what I am, but I, it's right. watered down from that pure African bloodline. Yeah. So when I had my kids come out, it really confused Norwegians. I had right. people, good friends of mine, who were kind of hinting around, like trying to ask me, is that really my child? Did yeah, something happen you, and that's not my kid? Yeah. Yeah. I I remember reading an article about a uh, a, a lady who was married to a, a white a white guy and she was with the kid in the park and yes. people assumed that a lot of people would just gather together moms with their kids in the park and assume she was the nanny. It's like, no, no I heard this about is that. actually yeah. my child. Yeah. And the child was very light yeah. as a result of the mixing of the two. Yeah. And, you know, I do see that a lot. And it's like my wife and I will have conversations about, she'll try to explain to me, oh, yeah, I, I saw a colored guy or whatever. You you know, you guys should get to know each other. And I'm like, <laughs> or will she'll, she'll try to describe to me someone she was having an interaction. And I'm like, well, like, what were they? Like, and as an, as an American, especially as a New Yorker, where you have so many people from so many different backgrounds, so many shades and so forth. And I'm like, was he like a light-skinned guy or was yeah. he like? 
Yeah. You know, she's like, oh, it was just a colored guy. And I'm like, well, <laughs> and I'll, you know, we'll have this conversation. I'm like, well, you know, it's like, it could be the sliding scale. And she's like, oh, you guys have too many distinctions. <laughs> and, and maybe we do. Maybe yeah. we do. I've had people here tell me that, that we are too preoccupied with skin color. I wouldn't say we're preoccupied with it, but we just notice it. And yeah. because yeah. of the social political nature of the United States, it is to, to, to greater or lesser degree for good and bad an issue. It is an issue in the States. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's so funny. I remember uh, a couple of years back I was in Kiwi. I was talking with a buddy of mine. He's from Eritrea. For, the, for those non-Norwegian listeners, Kiwi is a grocery store chain here oh, in um, Norway. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, he was with his two daughters who had just come, who had just come over not too long after he'd gotten here. So he was introducing himself and we we're like, Hey, how's it going? And then the kids saw me. And at this point they had already started to speak Norwegian. Yeah. And so we were having an interaction in Norwegian and his daughter's like, Hey, how are you doing? And then uh, I was like, hi, nice to meet you. And then one of the daughters was like, you know, do you speak, you know, uh, Tigrinya, which is the Eritrean language. And I'm like, no, unfortunately, honey, I don't. Mm. And she looked at me and she looked at her dad and she says in Norwegian, like, Papa, how come he doesn't speak Nui, Nui, uh, our language if he looks like us? Yeah. And I was like, wow, out of the mouth of babes. It just, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I had a guy, uh, older gentleman, this guy's got to be up in his 70s. Uh, he's married to a Kenyan woman. Okay. And and I've it's, it was really strange because I've known this guy. Uh, he, he works out at the gym that I used to go to. Mm-hmm. Um well, you know, that's just a reminder that Corona has really changed things up. I went from training religiously at a gym here uh, locally right, right. to buying my all of my own equipment. I have my own home gym. I, okay. I, I'm missing missing that gym atmosphere with other people. Anyway, this is a guy who was at that gym and, and we had we didn't really know each other. I've never been to his home. He's never been to mine, but I knew he was married to a Kenyan woman. And I just mm-hmm. assumed that he knew I was from the United States. But then one day he asked me, uh, or, or he said something in some weird language. I'm like, um, I'm like, what did, what did you say? He says, Oh, he says, um, you need to practice your Swahili. Yes. 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 I was going to say it's Swahili. And yeah. I'm like, why would I practice Swahili? And it's not my Swahili. And I had to explain yeah. to him that I'm not, I'm not from Africa. I'm from the United States. And that was a shock to him. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So again, it's that, it's that perception thing. And, and I don't mind the curiosity. I don't mind having that conversation, but it was rather odd that he just assumed, but, yeah. but I don't know. I, I guess it's, it's all in what, it's all in what the atmosphere is. It's all about where one finds oneself professionally or socially. But I get the impression that most Norwegians automatically assume that I am a, uh, a, a refugee from some war-torn African land. Until, of course, until we talk and they get to know me. Right. Maybe they've seen me. Maybe they've seen yeah. me on TV so they know a little mm-hmm. bit of my story or something. But... Very often, in fact, most of the time, if it comes up, if it's an issue about where I'm from, they always, almost always assume that I'm from a war-torn African country somewhere. Right. Yeah. Initially, that bothered me. But then afterwards, I kind of came to the conclusion that you have to understand it's perception is reality. Yeah. Their, yeah. their interaction with people yes. of color has to do with more or less uh, those individuals that are coming from yeah. other countries in Africa as, as, uh, 
refugees. And when where yeah. there was a part of me that goes, I would say in my head, um, kind of my movie head, I would say, <laughs> you know Jay Z and Beyonce are African American, right? You know Denzel is Black American, right? And then I, it often bothered me that. How could you see these people on TV, the Will Smiths, the Jay-Zs, the Denzel Washingtons, who you clearly know are African-American, and then you see me and you make the assumption of where are you from? I'll tell and you why. you can't wrap your head around the fact that there are just normal, everyday African-Americans that aren't Obama, that aren't. But uh, I have a theory. I have a yeah. theory on that. Um, I think that Norway suffers from a widespread case of social arrogance. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, I think a lot, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble here, but I'm going to say it. I think a lot of Norwegians feel that Norway is the promised land for everyone. Mm. Now, Norway is a beautiful country. It's a great place to live. I've been here for 19 years, so it must be good. It is good. I think it is good. Yeah, yeah. But it's not this golden nation in the clouds, this this paradise that a lot mm. of Norwegians think it is. And when they have that social arrogance, they assume that anyone who chooses to come here came here for a better life, came here because they're running from oppression. Uh, So they just couldn't imagine that that average middle-class black American would, you know, if you're here, it must because it must be because you had it bad where you were before. Right. You, and you, if you had it so bad, it must be because you're from Africa. I truly believe that that is the reason behind that line of thinking. It's that yeah. social arrogance that a lot of Norwegians have. But, right. and, and, and then also they, not all Norwegians are properly informed and educated about the current, uh, to say to, to say the least about the, the history of America, but also about, current America, some Norwegians, uh, quite a few of them have an impression that if you're black in America, unless you're Barack Obama or Will Smith or, or Denzel Washington, if you're not them, then you have it just absolutely horrible. (laughs) See, and and, 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 and it's, it's laughable. I mean, we're proof that that's not the way it is. It's, it is that way for some of us. But there's also us, the middle class, the 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 moderately successful uh, right, people who right. just happen. I tell people I met my wife on a Friday. Uh, I blacked out, woke up on Sunday, and I was in Norway. That's how quickly it happened. But that's. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we come here for for other reasons. We come here for love. Some people come here for education, mm-hmm. for business, and things like that. But when they see our brown skin, they just assume that it's a tragedy that brought right. us here. Social, yeah. social arrogance, Norwegian social arrogance. And, and then I think it's also, I remember uh, most recently on a, on a Facebook group that I'm in, uh, there was talk about the whole Black Lives Matter and all of these different kind of things. And, and I kind of had my little spiel and went on as to what I thought was the issue with that particular topic that was being discussed in the group. Um, and I said, I also think that there's, you have to understand as the, the younger children that are growing up in Norway, especially the immigrants, they kind of create this kind of subculture, and I call it yes. the Lord of the Flies effect, where they're imitating what they think yes. is the more popular culture. So say, for instance, with Black Americans, the popular culture is the hip-hop, R&B kind of culture, and all of those things that go with it. And I remember a couple of years back when I first came to Norway, my wife's niece 
she was come over because it's curiosity. Mm. And she was younger at the time, maybe like six or seven ish. As she came, it was in the summertime. So as she would come over day after day, I noticed the coloring book picture started turning a little more browner. <laughs> and <clears throat> she would come over with her then turn frontwards uh, frozen hat. I think it was Miley Cyrus at the time. And then it kind of slowly went from the front to the side <laughs> to the back. And then it was like this yo, yo, yo. She's turning up her blackness. Myself, the more it yeah, goes at I, an angle, the... <laughs> yeah, and I said to myself, this is just her perception yeah. of what yeah. she thinks black Americans right. are based on what is probably being shown Isn't that interesting? in popular culture. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. I have a, I, I, I threw a little bit of that into my stand-up uh, routine when I do my stand-up comedy because it's fascinating, uh, and I, I think it's laughable. I cannot be offended by it. It's I, I laugh about it. How just like you said, how Norwegians, uh, young people mostly, but also some older people, our age and up, mm-hmm. they have that 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 Hollywood or that MTV perception of what it means to be black in America. And then they imitate that over here. And it's like, you, you, you know, what are you doing? You, 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 are you blacker than me? You know, blonde haired, blue eyed Norwegian kid dressing like this, that, and the other picking up slang terms that, that get infused into the Norwegian, but they're using these hip hop slang terms. And it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. I I can't get upset at it. I just laugh at it, but it is really, really interesting. Yeah, that they have this twisted view. Uh, I don't know. Twisted's a little bit harsh of a term, but yeah, they're, they're misled. They're misled by the media, right? Uh, by and what they. Not, yeah, just the media. I think again, it's the popular culture. Yeah, and and a, a couple of years back, my wife and I went to the Kevin Hart concert in, in Ah, yes, which was fun. Uh, you know, I think he, I think he's he's kind of one of those like very active comedians. I, I love his his act. So as I'm looking around the room, yes, there were, of course, because it's also there were a little bit more people of color, but there were a lot of times when he said jokes that I thought was very, what I like to refer to as black humor. And I'm looking around the room and there was a younger couple sitting next to us. And I said to the guy in Norwegian, I said, do you get some of the jokes? He goes, not everything, but I've watched a lot of the YouTube videos, but there's some things I didn't get. And I said, aha, this is where that nuance of languages, that kind of nuance right. of black culture comes into play. Like, for instance, the hot comb or... Right, uh, right. Yeah. Now, and and that, <laughs> is, that is a challenge. Um, when I do my stand-up, you know, I was talking earlier about I speak only English at home, but actually I'm, I'm wrong because when I do my stand-up routine, that's in English as well. Yeah. And I do that because I don't want any, I don't want anything to get, I don't want to be filtered. And when I speak Norwegian, I'm somewhat filtered, you know, as far as choice of words and playing on words and stuff. So I do my standup routine in English and I found out, right. Because I I didn't do standup in the States. This is a new thing I've been doing here in Norway. Right. Right. But I found out right away that I'm going to have to change my whole presentation, you know, me- meaning mm-hmm. I'm going to have to change my subject matter because these people don't really get everything. I had right. gotten used to my wife now, and I tease her constantly. I don't know how she puts up with it. But <laughs> after after 20 years of that, she understands where the, the, the black humor is coming from because I've been right. exposing her to that since day one. Right. So she's not typical 
for a Norwegian when it comes to understanding American or especially black humor. And I found right. that out right away, but it's been a fun challenge to have to rethink, okay, what am I going to say? That's funny because I have to tailor it because they're not, they're not going to understand the reference. Yeah. I remember there was, um, I had worked out a new bit and I was going to talk about how, uh, Norway is changing. You know, the racial makeup of Norway is changing. It's getting more yes, and more brown. Yeah. And I had a real funny routine and I, I had, uh, and I was going to, that was my opener. That was my opening routine. So mm -hmm. the DJ that was doing the thing, I had him play, um, um, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, mercy me, the ecology by, by Marvin Gaye. Oh, yes. mercy, mercy me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Things ain't what they used to be. Right. And I came out kind of, you know, vibe into that. And I sang a couple of lines and then I referred to the song about mm -hmm. things not being what they used to be. And everybody had just this blank look on their face in the audience. And I just, I just had to take a step back and I says, you guys have never heard that song. Have you? And everybody, right. no, no, no. And I'm like, right. you know, and, and that would have, the whole routine would have worked anywhere else in the States, but here in Norway, because very few people know Marvin Gaye's music and definitely nobody has heard that song. It, it just didn't work. And it told me I really got to change things. Yeah. You know what I find funny when you mentioned about like using the music and it has refers to different cultures and how yeah. people respond. The bodybuilder Kai Green. Yes. When he does a lot of free posing, I noticed that he doesn't really use hip hop or R&B. He uses what I would like to refer to as more pop music and i think it kind of adds to a broader appeal who interact with him yeah. as a bodybuilder especially when he does the free posing which he's very flexible he does a lot of kind of moonwalking dancing moves if you know who that for you people is. out there who are watching or listening to this you've got to check out kai green k-a-i-g-r-e-e-n-e I, I think he is the best bodybuilding poser of all time yes. his posing routine is so mm -hmm. dynamic and you're right the music that he chooses uh where a lot of bodybuilders will go for that hip-hop uh r&b type of music in the background when they're posing but yeah kai green takes music that's more accessible to to a broader audience yeah yeah, yeah. i i kind of noticed that right away and it was funny when you mentioned about how people the respond music, when you yeah. to the marvin gay versus had you probably chose let's say Metallica back in black and be like, yeah, I'm back in black. And then they probably would laugh because they kind of get the innuendo of the joke. ACDC, you know? ACDC. Oh, back sorry. In black. Yeah. I'm sorry. ACDC. And actually, yeah. and I actually thought of trying to redo that whole routine, but using ACDC yeah. back sorry in black. About that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, uh, I, uh, I, I never got around to do it. I just totally dropped that, that little bit yeah, in my routine, yeah. but I did think of using ACDC's back in black and just redoing yeah. things. Oh, on the music side of it, uh, right before we got on about like, say, nine ish, I turn on the TV and we have, a, as with most everybody, a smart TV. So I kind of went to Spotify. I was like, I'm not going to do any podcasts because I'm going on a podcast because my day usually starts <laughs> off with some sort of podcast. Does it really? So my my I think I'm becoming my father, but just a 21st century, 21st version. century His version. Yeah, version. His day was started with the news. And coffee my day gets started with coffee and podcast and <laughs> i decided instead to kind of go to spotify route with music and i chose they have like the ones where you could choose just like okay this is just a friday yeah. kind of groove first song comes up 
is one of your favorite artists, probably your favorite artist, based on your what I remember hearing in a couple podcasts ago, Prince. Yes. And I was like, okay, I guess we were supposed to have this conversation today. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Which song was it? Do you remember? It was uh, um, Controversy. Yeah, and I was like, okay. Great yeah. album. That whole album is great. Yeah, yeah. No, Prince is by far my favorite musician. I saw him in 2011, um, the day, uh, two days after the, the, the terror action in Oslo and, yeah, and uh, yeah. Utøya. And um, I can't even put, you see, I, I'm getting quiet. I can't even put words on it. I've never seen yeah. a concert like that. Yeah. Um, the entertainment in it, the, the musicianship, the artistry of it all. Um, do you remember what year, what year was the uh, the that thing? Wasn't that it twenty eleven? Yes, twenty eleven. The reason yeah. why I ask is I was visiting here. Okay, I, I can't remember the year, but I was just visiting. I wasn't actually here already. And my mom, they saw it on the news, obviously. And of course, she calls and she's like in her very Caribbean voice, "Oh my God, I see the thing going on in the news." Where y'all, I'm like trying to explain her, we're not yeah. in Oslo, we're in a different yeah. area. It's like yeah. a, a good, you know, four to eight hour drive away from where we're at. You know? That was, a, I can tell you, that was a strange, strange day. That was a really weird and nerve wracking <laughs> thing to see unfolding on the news like that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't live in Oslo, but Oslo is not that far away. And it's like, okay, is this, my, my first thought was this is some sort of, of organization or group. Right. That's doing this. I never thought it was only one person, and um, yeah, it was it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, and it threw me back to. I can remember when nine eleven hit. Um, uh, I was off that day. I was a police officer at the time. I was off that day. I ended up getting called in, <clears throat> but I saw um, I saw that happening, unfolding on the news, and just that weird feeling of vulnerability. Yeah. But actually, I felt even more exposed and more vulnerable in t- here in 2011 because oh, wow. I, I, I uh, all respect to the Norwegian police officers out there, but I don't trust their readiness to handle catastrophe and disaster because there's no funding. There's not enough of them, and there's no funding right. for it. I don't and know. I don't end. know what changes have been made since 2011. But I remember at that time, I'm like, oh boy, here, oh shit. <laughs> Here we go now. Yeah. I was thinking I think it was going to be a much broader, broader attack from some sort of organization. Yeah. I think that has to do also with, there's no such thing as a utopian society, but no. as a utopian society would be, no ways in that bubble. Yes. So for them, those kind of things that we're used to turning on the news yeah. and wherever you're from in the United States is kind of like par for the course for us. And yeah. they just kind of have this very... Yeah anesthetized kind of approach and reaction to it versus here in Norway, I think it really took a lot of people back. And it did. It did. Of course. It did. Was, Absolutely. You know, I don't want to say it that way, but he really understood what the response would not be. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is a, I guess a bad thing, you know, but I'm sure things have changed since then. Yeah, I'm sure they've tightened up security. I'm sure they've gotten them, uh, you know, they're in a better state of, of readiness and preparedness yeah. now. But yeah. uh, at the time, I, f- I felt vulnerable. I felt very exposed. Yeah. What I what I thought was there was a couple of days before that thing actually happened. This is how surreal this is. Norway, as you know, is one of the places where you could leave your backpack 
at a bus stop yeah, yeah. and come back tomorrow and go, oh, snap, honey, I forgot my backpack at the bus stop. And it's literally still sitting there. Yeah. That will never happen in New York no, City. No. You know, never. Especially not in Brooklyn. Maybe in New York City now, <laughs> that backpack would have to, you would have to go to a police station to get it because they're going to be like, why did you leave the backpack there? And it would be a whole different response. But anyway, some kids were coming in. My wife and I were going shopping. Some kids were coming into the supermarket here in Norway, Kiwi again. And as with most of the kids coming from school, they dropped their backpacks at the front door yes. inside of the, the yeah. store. And this was the first time I'd actually seen it. So my response was very Brooklyn kid born and raised <laughs> in New York City in the 80s when that was, you know, literally shootouts in the middle of the street and yeah. those kind of things. And I was like, hey, hey, pick your backpack up. And my wife is like, you know, <laughs> hey, relax. This is Norway. That stuff oh. doesn't happen. I said, oh, yeah. I said, you never know. You never know if one of these days somebody gets the idea to put a right. bomb in their backpack and put it in. The, this was literally two to three days before that incident happened. Yeah. And I, I said to myself, I said, oh, my God, I like kind of put a bad omen. on." <laughs> it's you all know. your fault. It's all but your I, fault. <laughs> I think that has to do with being from a place like New York. And, of course, you are semi a product of your environment. Sure. Like when sure. I first came here and then we were at Nagon and we're very much like Michael Moore, Canada. Doors yeah, open, people yeah. just walk in, yeah. and I was locking the doors, you know, as soon as I walked in the house. And then one time her niece and nephew came by and they're like, Why are you guys locking the door? The only time mommy and daddy lock the door is when they're <clears throat> yeah. and my my wife had to explain to them that like, well, Uncle Dwayne is from New York and it's not kind of <laughs> like that in New York City. <laughs> well, I you know, I, I still go round and round with Snoopy. Now she's more in line with me now when it comes to security and knocking doors and stuff. Mm -hmm. But still, I still kind of, I don't know. I'm on my toes. I guess I can't, I can't lose that awareness. No. How, however, having said that <clears throat> at our place that we have up in Finnmark, up on Silent, mm -hmm. there's no, there's no talk about locking the door of up course, there. I mean, yeah. we have people who come, they don't even knock. They just come in, you know, 11, 30, yeah. 12 at night and and sit down and start talking and we have a cup of coffee you know that but that's that's the way it is up there that's an extreme situation but down here i can't i can't get in line with norway being this 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 utopia that a lot of people think it is i lo i lock my door at night i have my no, i have my alarm system uh with with <laughs> with video coverage and all that stuff i mean i that's that's just me i guess i've seen too much i've seen too yeah. much yeah yeah well you know of course, where we were at, and supposed to say in Oslo, the big city, or even Bergen, the big city, is a change sure. of pace. Sure. But a couple of years back, I was working in Oslo with the company where we transferred there for a couple of days to work with mm -hmm. some of the guys that had an overload of work. And I looked around and I'm like, you know what Oslo reminds me of? I saw like drug addicts on the street. I'm like, this is like New York City in 1980s when everybody was running around with all the crackheads and, uh, you know, and, I just was like, my wife, we and her and I were talking on the phone. I'm like, you like, what's up with you guys? This yeah. is, yeah. this is like, I don't know what it's like now, but Oslo was known for a while as the worst city for heroin in Europe at one point. I don't know what it's like now, but at one point yeah. that's where it was. Yeah. I don't know. But what I was surprised at was the amount of, I, I want to say this in a way that doesn't come across as, any sort of bigotry, the amount of non 
ethnic Norwegian that were addicted to drugs in oh, Oslo. Yeah. A lot of, I saw a lot of Africans and I'm yes. thinking, and I said to my wife, I'm like, where are they getting the money from if they're on Nav money? Very Norwegian minded when I said yeah. that, but she was like, and I'm like, I don't understand how somebody could come from a culture where drugs is not really a big to do, except for those countries that probably the guys chew the cut. Cut, yeah, cut. Somalia, yeah. Yeah, yeah Somalia. Somalia and, and Kenya, and I, yeah. Yeah, and I just, in my head, I was like, I couldn't wrap my head around, how could I go from being a flippinger or a refugee in Norway and then partake in drugs where yeah. I'm running from something bad. Why would I want to run to something that's going to wake me worse off? <clears throat> I have an answer for that. It's There's two things. One is a lot of these people are coming from trauma, serious uh, emotional, physical, uh, mental trauma, and they're not getting the type of help that they need. Okay. So they're finding relief in the drugs. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Another thing is, um, <laughs> now I'm going to get all my uh, Nigerian brothers mad at me, but there's a lot of Nigeria, a lot of West Africans in general who are really, if not running the drug trade and also they're very influential in the drug trade. And it's a strange phenomenon, but a lot of them who used to be dealers started getting high on their own supply. And now they're the hypes that you see stumbling around in the streets. Yeah. 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 So it's an interesting development there. Yeah. Don't ask yeah. me how uh, I know that. Don't ask me how I know all this. No, I, I, I'm not. <laughs> Let's just, I, just, I, just I'm go just, with you it. You know what I'm going to chalk it up to? <laughs> it's the police background. But just as we were talking earlier with the whole kind of sense of, uh, you know, awareness. Yeah. I don't do it as much, but I still find myself kind of, if my wife and I go to say, of course we can't really do that now, but if we went to a restaurant or a bar, the sitting where I'm facing the people coming oh, in, yes. looking for all of the exits, kind of being aware of the people around me for sure. Or even shopping. Sometimes I still kind of, for find, sure. hey, you see that guy in aisle number three where he was kind of, and she's like, no, I didn't see that guy. And I'm just thinking like, is it me or is it, the military slash New York. <laughs> it's all, it's all of those things. I, I still do that. I still yeah. do that. My head's on a swivel all the time when I'm out yeah. and I have to sit, you know, I have to be able to watch the door. Yeah. yeah. Have my back up against something <laughs> and watch it. I, I just can't, I just can't get rid of that. It's the police military. Uh, uh, I mean, it, I, I just can't drop that way of thinking. I can't do right. it. Right. But um, let, let me ask you something, Dwayne. Your 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 life in New York City. Okay, first first of all, New York City scares the shit out of me. I'll just say that. Wait a minute. How could you have been a police officer and New York City? Remember, re remember though, I'm from small town, rural country, cows and corn, Ohio. That's where I'm okay. from. That's where I'm born and raised. And and then you know from that I went to college. But again, it was it was at Ohio University, which is way mm -hmm. out in the sticks. And then from there, U.S. Marines, which was an awakening. It was a, a period of, of, of maturing for me, but it was still an isolated type of thing. So to go from all of that and then into Chicago, again, Chicago, it, was, it was real foreign to me. It really mm -hmm. was. Um, and, and before I was a police officer, I was, when I was done in the Marines... I had no idea what I wanted to do. I needed to get my head straight. I needed to figure out what I wanted right, to do right. with my life. So I took a job as a truck driver. I drove for Schneider National. You probably remember okay, seeing their yeah. trucks, those orange yeah. trucks all over the place. Yeah. And I drove all over the United States. Uh, 
I drove several times into New York City to drop off stuff. Okay. And again, this is pre-Chicago, pre-my time in the Chicago. I'm, I'm basically a country, country dude from Ohio, and here mm. I am right smack in the middle of New York City yeah. with a 53-foot trailer yeah. dealing with that, de- just dealing with that. And it, 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 to me, it's scary. It's a, it, it seems like that city is alive and breathing with its claws out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so to, to, to live there is, and, and when I lived in Chicago, it was in the south suburbs. I wasn't right smack in the middle of the city. Okay. I was, you know, I did, I did my job out on the streets, you know, running and gunning, chasing down, you know, all that stuff. But when I went home, it was in a real, safe kind of, and quiet yeah. neighborhood in the south suburbs right yep. with mm-hmm. five or six other cops you know within the block <laughs> right different experience right so so new york how, how do you do it <laughs> how do how does one let me i'm trying to formulate my question here how 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 can you realize your true self when you are pressed in to such a large amount of people, mm-hmm. you're pressed into so many things happening, and not necessarily the violence, but just things happening. And you're pressed into where everything is so centralized. My impression of New York is that you don't have to go out of your neighborhood. You've got your stores, you've got sometimes your job, right. and everything is right there. What's that like? Well, I think probably pre-military and a little bit post-military. You were U.S. Army, right? Yes, I was in the Army for 10 years, from 87 to 95. Um, There's a part of me that wish I was still in. Um, I still, I I wish I I would have stayed. That I'd do again and again, that would be the job. I wish I never would have got out of the U.S. Marines. I wish I would have stayed in. Oh, anyway. But uh, as a a New Yorker, I still take that New York with me. I, I have to say over the years being here in Norway, I've become a lot, when I say softer, I don't mean to mean like softer, like, oh, uh, but I mean softer in the sense that there's not always that sense, you know, heightened sense of awareness where you have to kind of be on a swivel. Of course, it's still with you. Uh, I think New York is a very strange animal in a sense yeah. that you do have, like you said, the neighborhood stores where you don't really need to leave the neighborhood. Um, I think even to this day, I probably know guys that are, have never left New yeah. York City. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think that's very weird for a lot of people. And it's also that kind of black humor where you have that one guy like, yo, to this day, I still don't know his government. We still call him Pookie. You know, I have people <laughs> yeah. that I know like yeah. that, where it's, that is yeah. so strange for other yeah. people in other communities or other parts of the world. Um, so I, I think New Yorkers will always be New Yorkers, no matter where they go. You kind of take that, like you said, that pressure of the New York pressure cooker. Yeah. But I think there are times when I go home now to New York, obviously not be, during COVID, but the times that we've gone home where I'm like longing to come back to Norway. But then as soon as I get back to Norway, I'm like the duck on a pond. My feet are just kind of going yeah. underneath. Yeah. Nobody yeah. sees that. And that's yeah. the New Yorker in me. Cause you're right. looking for that restlessness right. that kind of, hustle and bustle and, and all of those things that are very New York. But well, I guess to answer your question is it's, 
it's a love hate relationship. I, I love it because I'm a New Yorker at heart. I hate it when I go back because now I'm sort of a Norwegian. Yeah. You're and soft. You're soft. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting soft. You, you know, and, and it, it does sometimes when I go home, you, I get the, Oh, he's not from around and he must be five old. Uh, police officer. When I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. I grew up born racist. What are you talking <laughs> right, about? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what was your neighborhood like? Um, was it a good place to be? Our block was very family oriented. Most of the people that still live with the exception of what is happening in New York city and most of the kind of inner cities, the gentrification is still a lot of the people that were homeowners still own their, there, but I grew up in, again, in New York city in the eighties. And I'm always nostalgic when I watch kind of what I call the nineties. Yes. Hip hop. Yep. Boys in the hood kind of movies yeah. and how nostalgic it is, but how real it is surreal and real to where I grew up in a time when you did go to park and you saw crack files on the, yeah. on, on the floor, on the ground, yeah. or there were shootouts. So you went to what we New Yorkers refer to as a block party, which is like a neighborhood party yeah. that, they close up the street and yeah. you have, and there were the, the, the one guy at the end of the night that like, we already know how this is going to end. It's going to be a shot in the air. And that didn't happen all the time. But of course, I mean, and my wife's, my wife and myself, our upbringing is so diametrically opposed that it's often funny that we are a couple. And in the sense that I'll say things like, hey, you remember on a Saturday morning when we have the like the, the Kung yeah. Fu theater? And she's like, what? We have one channel. Yeah. Everybody watched that same channel. Yeah. Or, yeah. hey, you remember on 42nd Street back in the days when they used to have the peep shows next to the three for $5 Kung Fu movie? And she's like, I don't know where you grew up at, but they didn't have yeah. that here in yeah. Aegon. <laughs> you know. No, it's... um. I know what you mean. Now, my wife and I, we grew up actually quite similar. She she grew up mm. in rural Norway. I grew up in rural Ohio, and there's a lot of similarities there. Mm. But uh, we were watching TV or uh, watching YouTube uh, the other mm. day. I'd casting a YouTube up onto the TV, and we were watching videos from the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Videos <laughs> that were normal for us to see on MTV. Mm-hmm. Uh and she's like, oh, I didn't know they had a video for that. You know, like uh, like uh, old old Duran Duran songs or, oh, okay, or yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, White Snake. You know, those big yeah, popular yeah. MTV videos like that. And she's like, oh, I never knew. This is just yesterday we were doing that. So it's, continu- it's continuous. Uh, it's a continuous realization that our, that our childhoods, that our backgrounds in general are, can be drastically different. But that's right. what makes it kind of cool to be here yeah. in order, yeah. because we do have different reference points than most most norwegians have here yeah, yeah. but uh what, what was your neighborhood called what neighborhood was it i grew up in bushwick brooklyn bushwick yeah you know i don't know if you've heard of now may he rest in peace are you gonna say bushwick bill yes he's actually i have fun. a story to tell yeah i'm just gonna say this real quick okay literally i went to the Catholic school across from the public school where bushwick bill actually went to <laughs> and uh so a couple of years back, we're going way back. My my then ex-wife, girlfriend at the time, we were in a PX, the post exchange uh-huh. on, and we were buying a CD. And this is, I think when Ghetto Boys came out with their first CD. And in very Bushwick, Brooklyn, city kid fashion, yo, Janet, I know this mf while a colonel was coming down the aisle. 
<laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um now what year was that? Oh wow, this is probably in the early nineties because I was in Germany at the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have to now I'm I'm gonna be careful here because I don't want to have to engage a lawyer. <laughs> but um I want to say it was in 98 or 99. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, let's say I hung out with for 72 hours. Wink, wink. Yeah, I got you. Wink, wink. Yeah. And I'll have to tell you this off of the microphone because it's an interesting story and it's funny as hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's just say that, yeah, I met, I hung out with him for 72 hours, got to know him quite well. And, um, in the end we parted ways, not quite as friends, but we parted ways after 72 hours. I got you. As you said, growing (laughs) up in, uh, kind of, I guess you could say rural Ohio, I had a roommate when I was stationed in Fort Carson, Colorado. Uh, his name was, uh, he's Thompson. Anybody could be Thompson. So (laughs) So Thompson was a white guy from in his mind, Chicago. And so in my mind, I was like, well, where in Chicago are you from? Oh, I'm from uh, a little bit outside of Chicago. Well, where in Chicago? He was from Hammond, Indiana. Hammond, Hammond Indiana, yes. Indiana. Yeah. And I used to always, like in my very kind of sarcastic way, every time I would see him, like, Thompson, a, a, a white guy from Chicago, Hammond, Indiana, a suburb of Chicago. Because <laughs> I couldn't wrap my head around, like, I've never been to Chicago, but in my mind, I was like, for me, Chicago was all the stuff I heard from guys I met in the military or I grew up in Cabrini Green or if it was yeah, a Spanish guy I grew yeah. up in this part of Chicago or if it was a you know Polish or Irish guy I grew up in this part of Chicago and I couldn't wrap my head around you're from Hammond, Indiana? How are you from Chicago? <laughs> well, it's it's Hammond is, even though it's across the state line, but it's but it is right on the border mm-hmm. with uh I do believe a little tiny bit of Chicago actually, actually touches Hammond and then mm-hmm. there's two other suburbs that there's like a thin strip of land between the actual city of Chicago and Hammond, but Hammond is considered part of the, the, the Metro Chicago area. It is. (laughs) And Hammond has Chicago problems when it comes to crime, when it comes to drug activity and everything. Um, I, in fact, I have an American, uh, friend who lives here in Norway, who's from Hammond, a white lady. And I call her ghetto child all the time (laughs) because, because Hammond really is, um, Kind of, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't want to say it's a dump, but it, uh, let's just say that Hammond has inner city Chicago problems because okay. because of its proximity to to Chicago. A lot of the guns, a lot of the guns that are on the streets in Chicago come from Hammond. Okay, because so Indiana has some really lax of, of Chicago. I'm sorry, say, Shameless. You know the, the TV series Shameless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I kind of got it. Yeah. So, so, you know, Indiana has some really lax uh, gun laws when you compare with uh, the laws that are in Chicago and Illinois. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's literally two steps away from Hammond to Chicago. So the guns are just coming right across the the state line like that and right into Chicago. Hammond. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Been there. Been there. Done that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like what we were talking about earlier, I, I, as far as being a... I, I've had this conversation with several people and 
I think I've never really openly had the conversation because I always find that I didn't want to have the pushback from our white counterparts that are Americans living in Norway. But I often said to myself, I think that our kind of being black Americans or African Americans in Norway is kind of a, it's very similar because of course we all have the American culture, but then there's those differences and nuances that come with being a black American in a predominantly white country if you will, and how different our experiences, while very similar, how different it is, where a good example is you're at a confirmation or a wedding and you look around and you're going, the only thing darker than me in here is all of the Norwegians with the traditional black and white suit. Right, right, (laughs) right. Absolutely. You know, I'm probably more used to that than you are for a couple of reasons. One, that I've been here longer, but also because where I grew up, like I said, way out in the country, I mean, I was literally that that black spot in the the crowd. So I I grew up like that. Um, But I, and I think most of our fellow white American expats here in Norway realize that things are different for us. I think they Mm -hmm. know that. They seem to be a fairly open-minded and progressive group of people. I think most of the pushback comes from Norwegians themselves. Oh, at least for me anyway, when I, you know, I, I've, I've been, I've become more vocal the last year about what I see happening both back home and in, in Norway when it comes to social issues and a little bit of politics, but mostly social issues. I've been a lot more vocal about that. And the pushback I get seems to be from mostly Norwegians. The American expats are right in line. I don't want to say in line. They they tend to agree with my, the points that I bring up and the statements that I make, but the pushback is coming from Norwegians. Yeah. I don't really get the pushback from Norwegians because I, what I get, especially with the job that I do, um, there are a lot of younger guys because when the, one of the first, I don't think it was the George Floyd. It might've been when the George Floyd thing first initially happened. I had one of the guys that I work with, he's like 28 ish. So, and he asked me, he goes, so let me ask you a question. Like how you growing up in, in New York or in, in the, in the States, how was your interaction with police officers as a black person? And what did you feel about what happened with the George Floyd or things that have happened in the States? I, to, there was a part of me that found that very interesting because I said to myself, wow, most of these people that you would think are kind of living in this bubble are very aware of what's going on in the States, especially. Yeah. And we had, I, I, to be honest with you, I gave him the very Obama politically correct <laughs> kind of a, a, a diplomatic answer, but he kind of saw there was more to it. And he was like, no, yeah. no, well, what do you really think? And yeah. I said, for me personally, I don't, I've never had a per se bad interaction with police officers but I do understand that how I think about things that I don't think that my white counterparts have to think about when leaving out of the door. Yeah. And a good example to that is a couple of years, we going back a little while, uh, my wife and I were dating and I was in, in New York. I was working for a company that did contracting. So say you and your wife bought a TV at Target and you go, uh-huh. Hey, do you have guys have any, guys that would come out and install the TV for us. The company I worked for did things like that. So this particular day, I was going to set up a surround sound system for a lady who worked for the Italian consulate 
in okay. New York City. So I went to an apartment, which was on Madison Avenue. But it was a Friday, so I didn't feel like doing the typical, you know, shirt and tie kind of thing. So I kind of went a little bit casual. I had jeans on, uh, but I said to my wife, now girlfriend then, I said, yeah, I think I'm just going to wear like, a, even though I'm going to wear jeans and like casual shoes, I think I'm just still going to put on like a shirt and a tie and a vest. And then I put on a like a black Kangol, uh hat. And she was like, why are you wearing a shirt and tie if it's a Friday and it's dressed down? I'm like, yeah, but the lady who works for the Italian consulate. And then, you know, it's Madison Avenue. But what I was really saying was, babe, I'm going to be a black dude going into a, a nice posh apartment complex in Manhattan. See, and those are the things <laughs> we have to think jeans, about. I still got a lot. I can't have the, I can't have the true religious jeans on. I have to have the non-threatening jeans on right. and a non-threatening look. Right. And right. even that, even with all of that, when I first walked in the building, before I could even get up to the concierge desk, the guy kind of literally, as soon as I walked in the door, was like, can I help you? And I'm thinking like, okay, I got a right. very, you know, non-threatening tool bag, which is all enclosed. So there was no exposed tools. Yeah. And even the way I dressed, it was still kind of help you. Right. Whereas I thought, had I been maybe a different individual, yeah. would I have made it to the counter before he kind of did the stop? I need the, you know, password before you yeah. come further. Right. And she, even to this day, there's times when she doesn't understand yeah. my kind of responses to those things. It, it used to be that my wife didn't understand those things. And then because she's a stubborn, bullheaded <laughs> uh, uh, Norwegian woman, she would argue with me, you know, try and, 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 and destroy my, my argument for what I was, for, for what I was saying. But now she's come around. Now she's seen enough of these things yeah. happen yeah. to me yeah. and how people's attitudes change from when they're dealing with her to when they're dealing with me. Right. Now yeah. she's seen it and, and she's on board with that. But have you experienced things like that here in Norway? Sometimes if we're, of course, we get the typical when, say, her and I are going shopping and we're standing in line together. And, of course, standing in line together, and you know, if I'll get the what I call the still teenage me kind of items like, ooh, you know, and I'll put those things on the <laughs> counter. And then, you know, and then we're standing in line together and you can clearly kind of get the, the, the body language interaction that we're together, but there's still the, are you guys together? I, uh, I've, I've, we've gotten that too. And I've asked my Snoopy, I said, what do I got to do? And I have to put my hand on your ass or something before they understand uh, that uh, we're together. It's, um, or how about this? Uh, I don't know how, if you've experienced this, but I've actually, I don't know. I might go into, um, uh, talking with a receptionist at the, at the hospital, for example, Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking, uh, you know, uh, several sentences. I might be telling her my name, asking her where I need to go and things like that. And then before she answers, she'll preface that with, do you speak Norwegian? And it's like, (laughs) are you that used to not, or are your expectations that low that you can't even register that I've spoken Norwegian to you in at least a couple sentences here? But that's what they'll start with. I usually get... I'll speak Norwegian, and then once they hear the little kind of, uh, you know, round, round, like uh-huh. typical American, <laughs> they'll start speaking in in, in English. Yeah. But I think it's more of... That might be a politeness thing. They're trying yeah, to I make it easier. Yeah, it's a politeness thing. Like, oh, it's not that he's, that I sound like I'm struggling with the language. It's more, 
the oh he speaks english so i'll just speak english it's probably going to be easier but i've the only times i get the kind of i would say if you will push back on the language is if my wife says something and i don't know if this is your experience or a norwegian says something they mumble a lot when they speak yes yeah so they do what i call the, the new york thing so how's it going that so how is it going is kind of smushed into right. one big word, yeah, yeah. you know, forget about it. And so right. Norwegians do that when they speak. But if you are, even as long as you or myself has been here, if someone's speaking, you're not paying attention, you'll be like, huh? And then they make the assumption that you didn't understand what they said yes. and they automatically start speaking English. Oh, no, gosh. No, no. Yeah. It's not that I didn't understand what you said. I just didn't hear what you exactly. said. Exactly. So I'm hard of hearing. I have hearing problems. So I'm Quite often I have to, you know, huh, or can you repeat that? And then, yes, people will just assume that I don't know what the heck they're the saying. Yeah. It is, mm. It's tiring. It's, t- I guess, I mean, I almost said I understand it. I don't, I, I don't understand it. I'm, I would think that, I mean, back home, I don't begin, I don't preface a conversation by asking an Asian person or someone <laughs> who is, um, Latin American. I don't preface that by asking them if they speak English. I just talk. Right. And right. we'll figure it out whether or not they understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And they don't seem to be doing that very often here in Norway. No, they make that and, assumption that, yeah. that you don't know what they're saying. Yeah. And then especially with the States, I think we are, and of course, both being military, you probably had a guy that was in your unit that had a very Asian last name, like Nguyen, <sighs> or, or a Spanish guy that had a last name like, you know, Soto or Rosales. I had I, I had a Soto uh, in my in in boot camp who was from yeah, Puerto Rico yeah. and didn't speak a lick of English. But so where you so used to kind of seeing people of different yeah use that kind of make up America, right, whereas right. I think for Norwegians it's like okay anybody that isn't uh, the typical blonde haired blue eyed yeah but how long is it going to be like that how long is it going to be like that people say yeah. well it's only been such a short mm-hmm. time that we've had immigrants here in Norway. Short time, relatively maybe, but we're talking yeah. 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not It's not really that short of a time. So what yeah. is there that remains for them to get used to? I, I don't, you know. Where, what I think is going to start happening is what I see happening now. When we, you and I were growing up, the mailman, the police officer, the firefighter was your typical all-American white guy. Yeah those kind of civil service jobs as you see the change the older norwegians that are retiring from those jobs like uh, bus driver yeah. uh, the streetcar driver yeah. the mailman you're starting to see as you're probably when you when you and the wife maybe go into oslo or same like myself you go oh hey black bus driver yeah, right you know? <laughs> so right, you're right. starting to see that true um, true i think when you start to see those more they'll catch up yeah. see kind of like the oh okay as I, those those kind of and of course it will still take at some point the corporate norway yeah or the what we consider like say for instance in new york city it's not uncommon to turn on the news and see a black newscaster or someone of that <clears throat> whereas here it's Still, kind of like, with the exception of of a few, and that's mostly females. Uh, then it will kind of become a little more commonplace. You're talking about um, it's mo- mostly female, uh, female 
immigrants or female female, females of non-traditional Norwegian in in the news media. That's interesting that you say that because I also have the impression, a very (laughs) solid impression that first of all, there aren't very many people of color or of, of non-ethnic Norwegian background in the news media here in Norway. And that those that are there, the majority of them are women, but I had Lisa Cooper on, do you know who you know who Lisa Cooper is? She, she she's a, a black American woman. She's been here since 1989, I think. She was the former chair of Democrats Abroad Norway. So she's been here in Norway for a long time. She's very active politically. She's been on the news a lot. And I had mm-hmm. her on my podcast a few days back, and I told Lisa we were talking about this very thing, and I said that most of the people of color that are in the news media are women. I don't mm-hmm. see. I I I came of I came up with two men of color. There's that Asian gentleman with Asian background who has that debate program on NRK. I cannot remember what his name is. Yeah, I don't know his name, but I've seen him. Yeah. And there is a, I believe he is, I want to say he has a Sri Lankan background who is a correspondent for, is it for NRK or is it TV2? Yeah. And those are the only two men of color mm-hmm. that I was able to to think of. But I rattled off quite a few women, women, but she says, no, the women are in the minority. It's more men. I don't see it. I don't see it like that. I really don't. No, I can't think of the young lady's name. um, Well, there's two. There's the young lady from Good Morning Norga. I think her name is Desta. Desta? Eritrean background. I got to be on her show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. Last Uh, summer. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other young lady is, I think she's married to Norwegian and she's, I don't know if she's Indian or Sri Lankan, so I don't want to offend her. But in my opinion, very attractive. I love her complexion. Don't tell the wife. Um, (laughs) She she does sports. If I think she does uh, sporting events. Yes. What is her name? Um, Yeah, I have no idea what her name is, but very. I was like, every time I see her, I'm like, I'm like, man, it's like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I have my I have my my grown ups moment, grown ups moment. (laughs) Oh my, look at this. What does that mean? I don't know, but it sounds good. It sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you also have um, Irima Iraki from on NRK. She's the one that interviewed me a couple weeks ago. Okay, at the seven o'clock sending. Rima Iraqi, look, look her up. She's very, yeah, very yeah. professional, attractive. Uh, yeah, so I, so I think, uh, but but besides them, I can rattle off a handful of women, mm-hmm. but I only come up with those two men. So I don't know. I put I put the challenge to to, to Lisa Cooper. I said next time we talk, we're gonna have some names. <laughs> we're gonna put it together because I don't think there are that many men. Yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, I think that was that was when it sort of kind of changed yeah. when we start to see the black or or Sri Lankan police officer, which there are some. I've, yes, I've seen there's some, some, yeah. But the you know, or the the black firefighter or the Chilean Norwegian firefighter, where yeah. oh, you know, you, you know those kind of yeah. individuals. As we see those more and more then I think it will start to kind of... It'll be be, normalized eventually. It'll be normalized where we can't make the assumption that this person doesn't speak Norwegian if he's wearing a police officer's uniform. That kind (laughs) of would not be a thing. So so you have a crush on that that sports... uh, I I can't remember her name, but... uh, Now, she's TV2, right? I think it's... I don't know if it's it's NRK or TV2, but she's... I got to look this up. I'm going to look this up real quick. Let's see. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's NRK. NRK. Um, she does the sports. And, and I want to say went to sports. NRK sports song, kid. Um, just running through the pictures that they have of their different sports anchors, and I do not see a woman of color. So let me change it to TV2. I just, I just want to know who you're crushing on now. <laughs> Let's see. Sports on Kid Donna. Um, ah, there she is. Uh, yes. City of Listen Usterly. Can you yes, see? You got it. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> want me to hook you up? I know you people. I know people. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell Snoopy, I tell Snoopy, I tell you, the day they invent a time machine, <laughs> she will never see me again because I'm going back to 1974 and I'm hooking up with Joni Mitchell. Okay. I told wow. her it's it's done. Sorry, Snoop, I love you. But but what's keeping us together is the lack of a time machine. I told her that. Yeah. <laughs> I think my two probably, if you will, older lady crushes would be Angela Bassett and Helen Mirren. Those are my two like Oh, older Helen lady Mirren, crushes. of course. Yeah. 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 Those are my yeah. My kind of young lady crushes are Alicia Keys and Rihanna. Oh, Rihanna? Yeah. I can't get past that forehead, man. You know what I think it is? I think I can't do it. It's the it's the correct Caribbean girl thing. Okay. Okay. I think maybe that's what it is. She's what Barbados, right? She's from Barbados. Barbados, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I hear that when I when she talks, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. You hear? Yeah. It, she? I I love hearing her speak. I don't yeah. like her. I don't like hearing her sing, but I love to hear her speak. It's attractive. Yeah, I, She's I got an attractive it's voice. So much the singing, it's the look and and the accent. Oh, I can't get past that forehead, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> oh man. No, okay, so yeah. City of Listen Estley. That's her. You got it. <laughs> and I remember when she first came on, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. And, and it, because it, it stands out, you know, there just yeah. aren't that many people of color that are, that are right. in the news media. And I, I don't know how, but I'd like to do something about that. I, I'm trying to be yeah. vocal about that. And I think what we what we're finding is there are there is kind of a mix. I think what's happening now is when I first got here, it seemed to be like a lot of the immigrants were, you know, going into the trades. Yes. But as with the company I work, we do a lot of installations for schools, universities, mm-hmm. uh, offices, and I'm starting to see that kind of transition to more professional jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So I do see the Oh, there's a black guy on well, the yeah. IT, well, IT department. Yeah. Well, you know, you know like what I noticed of... the other day? You know, these these uh, construction workers or maybe electricians and stuff, they always wear the the floor, the, the, the yellow and, and orange fluorescent. Uh, yeah. Almost yeah. like a like a I mean, it's a it's a jacket in the pants, but it matches it almost looks like a bodysuit. And two, three days ago, Snoopy and I are out uh, in Drummond and we saw an African wearing that. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Okay, but that's just not typically the kind of work that we see them doing. So it's it's a sign of the times. It's a sign of the changing times yeah, yeah. that we're starting to see. And, and as you say, you know, the the bus driver is very often black or brown. You know, the yeah, you know, we're start we're starting to spread out into different areas of work, and it's a mm-hmm. it's a good thing to see. But I, I I long for the day where it's not. I don't have that reaction like, oh wow, like yeah. an anomaly, yeah, if you will, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, and like I say, I'm trying to be more vocal. I don't know how 
I can be of any influence, but I'm trying to be vocal about the lack of black and brown or immigrant representation in the news media in Norway. I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do something, bring up some awareness about that. However, what I've seen since I've been here, and again, this is again, as you said, sign of the times. If you look at the commercials, they've actually changed. There was a time when I turned on a TV and it was just Norwegian teenagers, Norwegian people. Now you will see the, in, if you will, interracial couple, yeah. it's usually a, a lot African, African guy yeah. or, or black guy and yeah. a Norwegian girl. Yes. Or I've seen the vice versa. There's one commercial mm-hmm. where I think it's for for uh, for uh, the gum, and then the the guy's dancing. Yes. And yes. The young yeah. lady. Yeah. She's she's a uh, <laughs> um, black and he's white and he's kind of pulling her in. Yeah. So I I'm starting to see that, yeah. and you see the mix in a lot of the commercials, especially when it's kind of geared towards younger people. Where you're starting, say a Coca-Cola commercial, you're yeah. starting to see that there's this. Oh, you could see that all of these kids are in high school and college, and they're all together. And it's and been creeping in over some years, but I think the last year, the last eighteen months, there's been a real influx of those types of commercials showing biracial people or biracial couples, and or, yeah. or sometimes totally black families, where everybody is, and and, and it seems to be really taken uh, to have taken off over the last. 12 to 18 months here in Norway. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, because there's one particular commercial. Uh, it's for, I think it's for Telenor. And then they have like where well, the families are walking down the street. And then first you see the, there's, first, you don't see the husband initially. You see the you see the wife and she's walking down the street with the kids who are apparently clearly mixed. And then the guy comes behind. And it's like this big dude. I mean, he's like, <laughs> you got to see that commercial. It's the- Yeah, I haven't seen the, that one. The, the, the mascot of the commercial is like a, a puppet this older Norwegian guy with long blonde hair, kind of older with a shag kind of beard. And, and yeah. yeah. And it's like, the guy's like very imposingly big. <laughs> I haven't seen that like, one. I haven't yeah. seen that one. So there are, as you said, there are, there are those things that you're starting to see, but as I, as I think you see that more, there will be less of this uh, for our non Norwegian speaking listeners kind of snuck on us. It's going to take time, I guess, you know, like I said, I've been here 19 years and I've seen the changes and I don't know, maybe I'm getting impatient. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But, but no- Norway changed a lot from when I came in 2002 to the time when you came, that mm-hmm. period also was a big change. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. you didn't see some of the, yeah, you, you just haven't seen some of the dynamic that I've seen because you've been here a shorter shorter yeah. amount of time. There's a, a gentleman that I know, he's from New York also, uh, older gentleman. He's been here 20 plus years. He and the wife are divorced, but he said he stayed because of the back and forth with the children. It would be harder to yeah. kind of come and go. Yeah. And he said, I, he, he always talks about, I came at a time where literally I was like the only spot on a domino. If you will. Yeah. 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 Do I, do I know him? You probably do. I'm not sure if it's okay to mention his name. Sure. Sure. His name is, uh, Joseph Kendall. He goes by Jose. I very, very kind of stern square. I do believe I've hooked up with him on social media. Yeah. 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 And we are, we aren't that many. We aren't that many. So we tend to know each other. He was one of the first individuals that I met. And I have a, another friend of mine who lives in Trondheim. Uh, his name is Ryan Bethea former NFL football player. He lived in Bergen for quite some time, a member of the Bergen Storm okay. football team, American football team. Yeah. And uh, 
So those were literally the first two African-Americans that I met in Norway. Um, and I literally thought I would be like a island onto myself. So yeah. it's kind of, as yeah. time went on, I was like, no i know what you mean uh we are not that many here in norway at all but we seem to have grouped on social media it's not all you know we're kind of spread to all four corners of of the country but but we we at least have that connection we can share some humor and share some experiences on social media and i'm i'm on a mission now i'm gonna start plucking us up one at a time and having them having us on the podcast and and let, yeah. let, let all the different black Americans share their experiences here. And, and again, this is not to discount our white American counterparts or Latin oh, American, no. Asian no. American counterparts. It's just that I, it's different for us. How it do is. you, I, I, I just want people to understand it's not that we're wanting to divest ourselves from other individuals or other groups. No. It's just that I think our, what would you find with us you can't just blend into the mix of things because right. you will always stand out and it right. has to do with the color of your skin. And it's not to make that the color is, is an, as important as the individual, but a good, a good person that we both know, I won't say his name, but he is the, he is the administrator of Americans in Norway. He will never, he will never not, have to be questioned as to who he is right and he very much understands that yeah and he's very you know empathetic and sympathetic to those those types of plights um so i think it's just to say that like i i wouldn't want our non-black counterparts to feel hey what about me i might chop liver here it's just no i think i think, our- I think they understand and act in a yeah. lot of them uh, a majority of my podcast guests have been from that pool of people mm-hmm. so they 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 know they have a voice here on my podcast but i think they also know that it it is things are a little bit different for us those of us mm-hmm. with uh with another skin color like you say we stand out no matter what we yeah, say or no. do we stand out and there's always that at least a microsecond of prejudgment that we right. have to work through. Yeah. It's always there. It's always there. Yeah. Cause a good example, and this is probably where I'll just end on that note as far as that conversation is a couple of years back, I was shopping in uh Coops, another uh, like kind of our version in Norway of a Sam's wholesale, mm-hmm. if you will, for our American people listening to the podcast uh, abroad or back in the States, if you will. So it was around Christmas time. As you know yourself, there are very specific Christmas Norwegian delicacies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when you're shopping for those items, and especially for my wife always giving me the honey-do list that I call, this <laughs> is something you should be shopping for because you are the Norwegian. Right. Uh, and as the guy is like, you know, scanning the items, you could see kind of, it went from <laughs> like this boop, 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 very quick kind of scan to uh-huh kind of like every now and again looking up at me and there were items like uh christmas sausages yeah the, you know that white christmas sausage they are very norwegian um, that is a very norwegian food right. item for christmas uh, yeah. uh the 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 red beet salad <sighs> uh the thin ribber the the ribs yeah. that are cooked yeah. at christmas time and he just kind of looked up and I said to him, Norwegian, I said, I'm going to answer that question mark over your head now. I said, my wife's Norwegian. 
And he's like, oh, okay. I was just trying to figure out. You know, <laughs> that you is so funny. Yeah. That should be a comedy sketch right there. Yeah. That is funny, man. Yeah. No, and, and again, like I said before, I say it a lot. I don't mind the curiosity. You know, something yeah. like that would just tickle me to death. And that's that, yeah. op that opens the door to a conversation, which, I mean, that's why I do this podcast. I love those kind of yeah. conversations. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The day will come eventually where may, maybe our kids, maybe my kids will see a Norway where it's not an anomaly yeah. for us to be walking out and about and having certain jobs and certain positions in society. I don't know. Maybe it's going to take longer than that. I'm impatient. <laughs> yeah, but however, I do see in the medical field, I see a lot of, of course, oh, they're yeah. African, but oh, yeah. I do see a lot of African yes. doctors. Yeah. One of my- A lot of uh, Nigerian, especially. Right, right. One of my Norwegian- social studies class classmates was a doctor yeah. which i was very impressed i was like i've literally never met other than you being on the other side of the the table i've never met a if for lack of better terms, <laughs> i never met a black doctor yeah. and it was like very impressive to me that yeah. like, this guy is literally from africa and he's a yeah. doctor like and again and again wouldn't it be nice to get to the point where that is nothing special where yeah. it's common yeah 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 Wow. Um, I don't know. I'm going to ask you again. Do you want me to make a phone call to Siri of Listenerstly? I can. Uh, I, I know people. I can. Uh, your wife is going to hate me. Your wife is no, going to hate no, no. me. She had, listen, if she had it her way, it would be a toss up between Denzel. Uh, I, I don't remember his name, but he was on a show called The Unit. Uh, he played the president in 24, the series. Dennis yes. Haysbert is yes. his name, I think. Yeah. And for some strange reason, <laughs> uh, uh, what is his name? Um, Forrest Whitaker. For oh, come on, really? Reason, that's like her. That's Forrest like her, Whitaker. Yeah, that's her three top. And if you put with, some dark now, shades on him, maybe. But that eye. Right. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Well, that's another story. <laughs> and then... Um, and then Forrest her, Whitaker. right? And her two, I would say, white crushes is uh, Colin Firth, really, and uh, of course our dearly departed James Bond for me, Sean Connery. Yeah, that is a cool dude. I'd go out yeah. on a date with Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that that dude was so cool. Oh man, yeah. I miss him. I miss Sean yeah. Connery. I mean, there's there are others, of course. There's her Morris <sighs> Chestnut. Um, there's the guy that plays the staff sergeant in a, in a TV series called The Rookie. Yes. I don't know yeah. his name, if you know what I'm talking about. I do. I know the series, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So those are her other, you know. See, <laughs> I, tor I, tor I torment Snoopy with my crushes. I used to just keep all this in, but she told me once a few years ago that if, I don't even know how it came up, but this is so specific, but she said if she and I were sitting down on our anniversary candlelight dinner expensive restaurant eating the best meal we ever had but if tom cruise's assistant came up and said ma'am tom cruise would like you to come sit with him she said she would get up and go sit with tom cruise i'm like woman it's on now you done started a war so now every chance i get i'm like oh look at her and i'll just paint a scenario yeah if she the, and yeah. that's why I came up with the time machine and joni mitchell 1974 thing i, I gotta get yeah. her back she hurt my feelings with that tom cruise thing she hurt my feelings. Hmm. <laughs> Think know. about that. Our anniversary, candlelight dinner, you know, a $200 meal, 
yeah, on yeah. our anniversary and Tom Cruise's assistant comes and says, ma'am, Mr. Cruise would like to speak with you. And she said she would yeah, get up yeah, and go. Yeah. I can't let that one go. And, and hey. we're talking, this is maybe 10, 12 years ago. And I'm still, I'm still on that. You should have said, well, <laughs> I'll have to join. I'll be, I'll be his, I'll be the goose to your maverick. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. Yeah. No, I, um, I don't know. I love my Snoopy. I got. I have to tease her though. I tease her yeah. relentlessly. It's good for the marriage. Got to got to tease yeah, him a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, Dwayne, this has been a great conversation. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and we should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> but like I said, now I'm going to start going through the list and all of the American brothers, black Americans that are here in Norway. I want to have us on and and you know just to share our experiences and. Uh, bond a little bit you know like i said we're, mm -hmm. we're kind of cast to different corners of norway yeah, yeah yeah but we have to i don't know we have to set the stage so that we can find somewhere to get together for a day or even just a day or but preferably a yeah. weekend and just hang yeah. out and this corona stuff is kind of yeah on a lot of those types it of, is uh, yeah arrangements yeah. yeah my podcast is set up for people to come here to my studio and i, I just haven't been able to do that for the last year right yeah right. so we will make it happen, Dwayne. We will get together soon, sooner yeah, or later. Yeah. <laughs> but I love talking. Can you stick around for a while while I say goodbye uh, to my guests? Stick around. Don't sure. hang up yet. Mm -hmm. But thanks a lot for coming on, Dwayne. Okay, yeah. thank you. And to those of you who are listening, thank you for listening to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Again, please remember to subscribe at your podcast platform of choice. You can find me at John Allen Pod. That is at john allen pod all over social media do that contact me talk with me share your thoughts let's argue a little bit too I'm tired of everybody being so nice i want to challenge um no be nice keep being nice but we can still have a discussion at john allen pod all over social media and uh thanks again to Dwayne. bye everybody <laughs>